Hello again, and welcome to another episode of our Following Jesus with Christ Church podcast, where we make some observations and share stories about following Jesus from our little perspective of Christ Church in Grand Rapids. We particularly are interested in stories and these observations as we've been walking through these days of of COVID-19, just a little over two weeks now since things really ramped up. Uh, I know this coming up Sunday will be the third Sunday that we have not had worship. So things continue on and we want to continue exploring these stories. I'm joined today uh, by my colleague and friend, Addison Hawkins. Hello, everyone. And we are also joined today by Christ Church member uh, Jenny Prey. Jenny, good to have you with us. Why don't you take a minute, introduce yourself. Uh, you can introduce your family if you like, how long you've been at Christ Church, and then uh, tell us a little bit about your role in the medical profession here in Grand Rapids. So I am married to Will Prey. I think that we've been members for about five and a half years. Yeah, I think that's about um, right. I have a two and a half year old Owen and a baby on the way early September. Um, I work at Spectrum in colorectal surgery. So I am a PA um, with that group. So I work normally in a blend of surgery, outpatient, inpatient, but lately I've been shifted inpatient. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what you normally do. I mean, how, how has your job sort of shifted, maybe be in, been, have been impacted during all the uh, COVID sort of ramp up in, in, in the system? So Spectrum has canceled all um, outpatient visits that are non-essential, all elective surgeries, um, and kind of shifted to a team-based uh, workforce in the past couple weeks as this has ramped up. So ours being a surgical practice that has greatly impacted our office and surgery schedule, although a lot of our surgeries are more emergency or urgent based as being related to cancers or emergency situations. Um, so that means I've been pulled from office or other rotating um, responsibilities and I've just been in the hospital, uh, rotating out of the hospital with other teams to kind of minimize the amount of people that are in the hospital at one time. Yeah. We've been, you know, as we've been following this, one of the big concerns has been the capacities of the medical system to handle uh, if there should be this big spike. Uh, we certainly have seen things like that in Italy, Spain, where we've had the spike, it's overwhelmed the hospital systems. We've heard little things about New York and how that is happening. What are you seeing here now in, in Grand Rapids or maybe in Michigan more broadly? And, and how are you anticipating things might flow, uh, just keeping in mind the spike? So this week, um, kind of as a result of all the measures to cancel elective surgeries and get people discharged as uh, soon as possible, our hospital um, census has actually been much lower than normal in preparation for this okay. surge, which is the intended effect. Um, what we're seeing in Detroit that many of the hospitals in 
you know, Wayne County, Oakland County, those affected are at capacity, um, nearing their uh, limit for ventilators and things like that. So okay. the expectation is that that will probably wave over to this side. And those okay. hospitals are also asking for help in taking some overflow patients. We're not sure yet where those are going to go. Okay. All right. Is there a, an expected time limit? Like you guys have had X amount of cases. Do you see those things going up? And a, how long do, do people expect this to last? It, in the past couple of days, the rate of increase in cases has been um, increasing. Okay. And, and that's here in Kent County? Yes. Okay. In the hospital. So the expectation is that um, over the next couple of weeks, things will probably continue to increase with hopefully a peak within three to four weeks or so based on what we've seen in other areas. Okay. So keep increasing three to four weeks. And that's a guess based on right. other models. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does that, what would that mean for your job? I mean, what does that mean for what you'll do on a daily basis? Is that a shift? Is that change? Do you stay where you're at or do you have added responsibility? For me, I'm at least a little bit protected being in a subspecialty, uh, not in the ER or right. ICU or something like that. But all providers have a potential um, to be reassigned or redeployed, they're calling it, uh, to kind of cushion the surge in patients. So keeping in mind what your training is, what you're uh, comfortable or capable of doing. Um, so we have to kind of put in our availability. So I may be redeployed to another area to help out where it's needed most. Um, and like I mentioned, we're just kind of trying to minimize the amount of people in the hospital at a time. So what it means for me now is I'm trying to maybe go in and see patients, but then do my charting from home if I can, okay. um, just to have less people sitting around in the hospital. Good. Another thing that we hear a lot about is just your ability to do your job, supplies. Um, how, how Do you have any sense of that yet? I mean, I know that Grand Rapids Spectrum Health may not be at its capacity, but how has some of that changed and how how is that changing? Part of what uh, the strategy is right now is trying to make sure that we don't deplete our supplies before we really need them. So um, they've implemented different um, policies for what to do with your PPE. So normally you would go into an isolation room, put on a mask, leave, throw it away, you know, however many times you needed to a day. Um, now every person gets one mask a day if you ask for it, only right. um, sold out by one person. And uh, that is an effort to uh, hopefully preserve our supplies. But I, you know, I don't think that anyone has enough, you know, to face a situation like Detroit uh, is facing right now. So that's why they've been asking for donations and getting um, anyone from the community, other businesses like Grant, our GRCC or Grand Valley, I believe, donated a bunch of their masks from labs and mm. things like that to try to have some reserve for things. So we're not following our normal protocols um, in order to try to preserve things. 
Yeah. And so that's a way that, you know, people listening, if they know of connections, people that have masks, gloves, some of that PPE stuff that you're talking about, they can donate that to the spectrum system. Yeah, there is a, um, a special email. I think they posted that you can donate to, I think a lot of the health systems, even, um, long-term care facilities, nursing homes, all accepting donations for masks and even hand sewn masks for those who like to sew in our wow. church um, uh, have patterns that? and kind of tips for that because those can at least be washed or sterilized and reused if we get to that point. Okay. Yeah. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes. So if anyone wants to find out how they can do that, they can just look there and that will guide them and direct them in the right way. A uh, question for you, Jenny. I, I know you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you're 17 weeks pregnant. Uh, congratulations, by the way, on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, what's it like to go into the hospital and just realize that you could be walking into a, a contaminated area, that you could be exposed? And then, you know, for you, obviously, it's not just you. It's also you care about your baby, those types of things. Like, how do you, as a Christian, think about that? And, and how do you prepare yourself to go into that type of situation? It's been really tough. Um, the mood in the hospital overall of everyone working there is uh, that there's a sense of impending doom. And it's just kind of... Um, it's very odd in general to be there. You can tell mm. everyone, patients and employees are all anxious about what is expected. Um, I've had to think a lot about it because um, I, you know, have to continue to work and to be in that situation. So I've personally been trying to minimize my exposure to, you know, uh, suspected patients or things like that. But I've had to think a lot about what safety uh, means to me or where I find that. Right. Um, so um, actually I had a article come into my email earlier this week that um, Rosaria Butterfield wrote and she said something about um, safety and making sure you're looking to God as your ultimate hope and that these medical um, measures and things we have in place are great but they're not your that's not your um, fallback. That's not your main um, base. So I've had to think a lot about that. And while being safe and washing my hands and, right. you know, doing all those things, um, just kind of trusting and having faith that God knew when I was going to get pregnant and when this was going to happen and where I was going to be at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that thanks for for talking about that a little bit. You know, it's it's always one thing to to talk about these ideas and I I realize for a lot of people as we're talking about following Jesus and talking about following Jesus during this coronavirus time, it's you know, a lot of these ideas that we talk about in good times, God is our rock, God is our shelter. Uh, we're really having to sort of go there and it's become very real, you know, whether mm -hmm. it's going into the hospital or it's the economy, the downturn in the economy, or it's just becoming very, very real. And it still could become even more real right now. Not too many of us in West Michigan have been affected personally by somebody, uh, you know, 
experiencing the COVID or being lost through that, but certainly worldwide we see that happening. So it really does. Uh, it's an opportunity to exercise our faith in, in new ways. Yeah, and that's probably really important too, to live out in a place where most of the people, to use your words, are, are feeling like there's impending doom coming, right. right? Like being someone that can come in and while recognizing the severity of the situation and what's going on, having a sort of different outlook and saying, well, I, I know this isn't where my hope, my hope doesn't come in all the medical things or the, the practices we're putting into place, the policies we're making, but rather, you know, I'm safe in my savior. I'm safe there. I can rely on him. I know he has this all planned out. Um, I may not know what that looks like and it still may be really hard. And that can be a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope, maybe um, some light for people in the medical system um, in a way that probably looks different to a lot of us who aren't in there, who don't feel, I mean, I, I read and see that impending doom almost everywhere I am, but I'm not in the hospital system where I'm actually kind of a part of it or in it kind of in the front line, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a point that um, a point of prayer for healthcare workers. Um, mm. It's just the it's the overall mood. It's the cloud that is in the hospital right now. Um, so just a prayer that everyone can keep hope and keep your eyes on what you know truly is important and where your hope truly is. I think we're at a point where not it's not just the providers or the nurses or you know techs that are feeling it but it's the patients too and um, if the provider maybe the person coming in and taking care of you feels at least some has some ability to be reassuring in some way I think that would provide a lot of benefit to patients too. Can I ask you a question about patients? How are they feeling just with this like no visitor policy, it must just be sort of strange to be a patient in the hospital and, and feel so alone. Have you had any interaction with patients about that or kind of around that topic? Yeah, it's been um, very different. Normally patients have family sitting around their whole room. Right. And, um, especially because a lot of the cases that we're doing now and my world are emergency cases those people maybe even more so want yeah. their families there or are leaving with new wounds or you know ostomies or things that they need help with their um their family needs to help take care of them but their family can't come into the hospital to learn how to do it it's um really presenting a lot of challenges with patients feeling confident to go home uh, normally it's you know your spouse is there learning how to what you're going to need at home and you have that set before you go. Um, I've seen patients be a lot more tearful, emotional, mm -hmm. anxious, um, definitely affected coping, which is understandable. For sure. For sure. Well, Jenny, we're really thankful for you spending some time with us, sharing, you know, some of your experiences, you know, prayer requests that you have, some, even some practical ways. Um, do you have any other last things you want to say or we covered all the bases? I think we did, unless you have any other questions. Anything else you want to talk about? 
No, no I, I think we're good. Yeah, we're just we're just really thankful that you spent some time uh, sharing a little bit, like we said a couple of times, sort of from the front lines, if you will. You know, this is something that I think most of us read about, but none of us are experiencing, and so it's good to hear from someone um, who is there and, and to share what that's like. And we certainly will be praying for you, and, and certainly a lot of other. Um, not just Christchurch members and attenders that we have that are in the, the healthcare system, providers, nurses, PAs, all those sorts of folks. But any of you listening, we know there are po- people that you know, and, and maybe you are one of them that are in the, the healthcare industry. And we certainly are praying for all of you at this time. Yeah. Maybe if I could just close with a prayer. Uh, this is a prayer I picked up uh, from another source, just uh, praying for the healthcare folks. And uh, so I'll just pray that and, and we will close that way. Let's pray. Almighty God, whose blessed son, Jesus Christ, went about doing good and healing all manner of disease among the people. Continue, we ask of you, this gracious work among us, especially in the hospitals and med- medical facilities of our land. Cheer, heal, and sanctify the sick. Grant to the physicians, the surgeons, and the nurses wisdom, skill, sympathy, and patience, and send down blessing on all who labor to prevent suffering and to forward your purposes of love. We pray these things through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again for joining us, and thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this podcast. Uh, We're grateful uh, for your participation and hope that it is some encouragement for you as you seek to follow Jesus from your little corner of the world. If you're not familiar with Christchurch, you can check us out on our website, ChristchurchGR.org. Uh, You can find this podcast there in the resources, or you can also find this podcast now wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's off an Apple platform or an Android platform, uh, following Jesus with Christ Church. We're glad that you joined us. Thank you to Addison. Thank you to Jenny. And we will see you next week.